We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. As we enter NFL Week 10, we are going to do a look back at the final week's ADP for drafting back in early September to see how things have played out. So kind of a, a mid-season point. I know we have a lot of listeners who are best ball drafters. We'll be focusing on best ball ADP here, but that will also reflect a lot of other leagues as well. The players will be going in very similar ranges. I'm really looking forward to this, Sean. This should be a pretty pretty fun topic to go through we're going to go through today rounds one through eight we're going to do a similar show next week where we go through the remaining 10 rounds of the draft process and, and work through them and i think this is going to be fun we always like to, to obviously project and look ahead pre-season then you can see where where things are falling but you can also look at this point now and how some of those rosters that you may be checking you know you're like some some rosters will be in first or second now but they feel like teams that may fall off into the, the fourth or fifth range by the end of the season but you've some teams that maybe are in fourth or fifth that look ready to start to uh you know just have those other teams in their sights and, and pile up those points as they run back up the table so that's what we're going to do today sean on this episode which is brought to you by blue wire and WinBet. sean i'm excited for this one and uh i think we're going to have a, a good conversation here what are you thinking i think it's gonna be a pretty positive show it's always fun to sort of look back and see how the drafts went where the best players were, where you hit, where you missed. We're going to focus mostly on the biggest hits today. You mentioned there's still time to move up. There's still time to fall off if you have players yeah. who... It takes one play, Sean, for the season to end. One play does. can end those seasons. It does. And it's so frustrating when it happens that way. Zachary Kruger and I drafted six or seven teams together. You and Zach had a best ball pod throughout the offseason. That was a must listen. He was messaging me yesterday that we have a bunch of our teams positioned there in the top two. I think three out of that group, so in the vicinity of half, and then another team that were in seventh that he really likes. I hadn't really been following that one as closely. When I looked at the roster, I was not as enthusiastic about it, but definitely has been taking some strides moving forward. It didn't look to me like one that could be a tournament winner, whereas a few of our other teams are definitely in that mix. It's always exciting when you have those possibilities, you did some shows and are currently doing some shows with Connor O'Driscoll, last year's best ball champion in the FFPC. He has a couple teams, I believe, in the top 25. 
So again, you've been listening to, yeah. So if you've been listening to Connor, you're doing well, which is exactly what we expected. Colin, the top of the draft here, and it's just really striking when you go back through and look, has been extremely strong. And then once you get out of those first couple rounds, the hits more or less drop to zero. But we can find a couple of guys in each round to battle for that top spot. But let's begin with the opening stanza that really is rich with fantasy scoring this year. Yeah, and when we look back, you know, you mentioned a good point. Obviously, we talk a lot about the running back dead zone and how things will play out from that. We'll be talking about players who were drafted in that range, some who are doing well, some who, some who aren't doing as well. But what is striking on the ADP we're using here is for the last seven days in the FFPC $125 best ball tournament prior to the first Thursday. So I didn't put in the ADP from Thursday through the opening Sunday, which can change things slightly from the ADP perspective. We have a good sample size in this. But it is interesting, Sean, and we will, as we go through it, talk about this more. But the way that the running backs were drafted this year, where the the dead zone, you know, rounds three, four, five, six, not a huge amount of running backs going in in rounds three, four, five. So six, they start to to come back in, and we'll talk about them as we go through this show today. The first round, Sean, as you mentioned, though, very strong. So Jonathan Taylor goes running back one. Unfortunately, he's dealing with those injuries. But Christian McCaffrey looks now to be the the clear favorite to, to finish the season as the, the RB1. He was the second pick with Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, Austin Eckler, Jamar Chase, Travis Kelsey, Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, Stefan Diggs, Najee Harris at pick 11, then Devontae Adams. I think up until pick 10 at Stefan Diggs, Sean, I think we're most of those players have, have been productive most of the season. Dalvin Cook, not as strong, but the rest of those guys have been been very steady. Yeah, I don't think that you'd be upset with too many of those picks other than Jonathan Taylor there at the 101 in last week's Zero RB playbook. I was going back through and looking at the recent history of the 101, and as many listeners will know, it's been absolutely terrible. You get the two lost years from Christian McCaffrey. You get interestingly the year that he's in you know, the second pick. This is the year where it's, it's starting to play out well for him, gets traded to the 49ers. Yeah, you get out of that top spot. You get rid of the curse that has hit David Johnson, has hit Le'Veon Bell, has hit, to a lesser extent, Saquon Barkley. It's good to not be the player at the top there. But you mentioned how well so many of the rest of these players have done. I think that the best pick in round one still comes down to sort of a four-way battle between Austin Eckler, Cooper Cup, Stephon Diggs, and Travis Kelsey. Three of those four players are averaging right at 25 points per game. If we talk about Kelsey in tight end premium, Eckler over 31 and a half points a game since week four as their receiving core has disintegrated. He has been just hit with a huge flurry of targets every week. Then you have Cooper Cup who continues to do cup things in an environment that has been much worse than it was last season in our most recent episode of Stealing Bananas, Ben and I talked about uh, really a, a wide variety of hilarious slash just frustrating stats for the Rams, especially if you're a Rams fan or are trying to roster or play any of the rest of their guys. But Cup, even in that context, has six of eight games with 20 plus points. Which is amazing for Cup when we look like, you know, at what Matthew Stafford's doing for like, Cooper Cup's nearly matching Matthew Stafford for you know yards and touchdowns at this point of the season based on how things have gone. So for him to 
have done what he has done is is even more spectacular this year, I think, than what he did last year when the, the Rams were pretty much firing all cylinders. It's it's just been astonishing. And people talked about, well, you know, how do we play these playoff formats last season? Can he possibly keep up what he's done for a full season? Then he scores more in the playoffs than he did in the regular season. He comes back out this year and it's just not the same offense. They're terrible in every single way. And yet for a player who does still thrive on underneath targets, that deep threat ability and the run after catch, they've been able to get him behind the defense on just a handful of occasions. And he's able to execute with Stafford. We think about some of the near misses for other players this week, those near misses for Kyle Pitts, the near miss for Jalen Waddle, who's had a great season even without that. Stafford and Cup continue to hit on these. You think it's not sustainable. One of the guys who's actually hit in recent history at the 101 and did it for several seasons was Antonio Brown. You have a couple of receivers now who are so peak Antonio Brown-like in the way that they play and in the way that they produce Cooper Cup and then Stephon Diggs. Diggs is at five of eight games with 20-plus points. And given the fact that most Diggs drafters didn't have access to the rest of the guys we're talking about, he's been a fantastic late or end-of-the-round option. So I think it comes down to those four guys. Now, you mentioned Christian McCaffrey. I think he's pretty clearly the player that you would like to have most going forward. He still seems like he'll probably be the tournament winner. But even though he comes out and he has that 40-point game with the 49ers, he scores touchdowns in three different facets. He looks like he's going to be the driver of their offense and unlock what has been sort of a 30-point-per-game range that we saw him do several seasons ago, which has then put him up here at the top for all these years subsequent where he's been injured. That still doesn't mean he's going to necessarily be able to easily keep up with the scoring level of these other four players where, I mean, they're beating expectations by such a wide margin themselves. Colin, out of those other four, who's been the best pick? So I'd say to McCaffrey, you're talking Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, Austin Eckler. Diggs instead of Jefferson. Jefferson, again, I think the player you could most want going forward. I could see it be McCaffrey and then Jefferson if we were to redraft right now. But who do you who do you feel like has been has set the stage the best for their managers to now win because of what they've done over the first nine weeks? I, I think Diggs, but the concern now with Diggs, the, the one thing is all these players have certain concerns. So Diggs, obviously, if Josh Allen's injury lingers or is more serious than has been reported so far, that would obviously be a concern. But based on what he's done so far and how that offense is playing, I think he is the one that I would like to have out of those. It was going to be Jamar Chase, but obviously he's picked up the injury, so that ruled him out a little bit. But I think Diggs, Cooper Cup's going to keep doing what he's doing, but Matthew Stafford has looked really bad. This offense has looked really bad. But there is room for that, obviously, to improve moving forward. But the one that has the least concerns, which you wouldn't have said, Sean, four weeks ago when he was in Carolina, is McCaffrey. So he has to get the edge. I think Austin Eckler as well is just in a prime spot. But as we get you know, Keenan Allen back, as we get Mike Williams back, that target share is, is likely to drop, but I think of his efficiency may go up based on, on how teams are trying to take away those two wide receivers. So the first round has been been fascinating. And I mentioned one play is all it takes sometimes to change the whole fate of your fantasy season. And you know, with the situation now with Taylor being injured, that obviously can happen to Christian McCaffrey. We don't want to see that happening, but hopefully these players stay healthy the rest of the way. Moving into round two, Sean, somebody who was not in round two at the start of the process was Saquon Barkley. He finished at RB7 at the 201. He at times was 
you know you could have snuck him sneaked him in in the fourth round in some occasions but generally the third round throughout the, the process really surged throughout the end of the the draft process then deandre swift mark andrews joe mixon kyle pitts then we get ourselves alvin kamara cd lamb Aaron jones Devontae williams tyreek hill debo samuel leonard Fournette. there's a lot of disappointment in this second round when we look through it obviously i mentioned pitts we've had deandre swift miss quite a few games of action or else not being 100 healthy so he's not being at its full capacity cd lamb had a interesting start to the season has come on strong as we've moved forward Aaron jones's season hasn't clicked into full gear at any point it's been very inconsistent javante williams is out for the year with his injury leonard Fournette has not been consistent we've had Debo been injured missing games not being consistent tyreek hill though i think is well sorry i'll, I'll rephrase that mark andrews and tyreek hill are the, the stars here of uh, round two i think and saquon but i think we all knew that yeah the injury now and the shift in offense for the baltimore ravens probably rules out mark andrews we'll see what they do and do how you think that shift is. in offense is down to mark andrews not being available rather than a shift in offense well their defense now so dominating so good, as we so saw good. against the saints i think they can win and limit some of the variants that they probably are not going to want in their games by going fairly run heavy even though they haven't had jk dobbins they may get him back for the stretch run plus Kenyon Drake starting to be more consistent and establish himself as someone that they can rely on there. And you really do want it to be Lamar Jackson playing off of that running back to be the driver of this offense. I think that once you lose Rashad Bateman, and again, we saw against the Saints, and part of it is that they didn't need it, right? They control this game so easily. But if you don't have Rashad Bateman, you just don't have any receivers. If they don't have Mark Andrews on top, you have to go run heavy. I think that Andrews is going to get a steady diet of targets when he comes back, but the ceiling here probably changes. Now, if you are able to weather the storm and all of those points that he gave you early make that easier to do, then you still have a chance to get him through into the big playoff portions. You're excited to have Mark Andrews on your team, but it has been a big blow. I have a handful of Andrews teams that you know three weeks ago are roaring they look like they're going to be league champions and then potential overall tournament threats obviously there are going to be a lot of good teams in the race for the big money so you're thinking more in terms of that possibility there it's gotten a lot darker recently the guy who has to be the clear winner here and i think that deandre swift might have been a possibility if he hadn't gotten hurt again we see how the injuries impact things so much Again, you mentioned Saquon. He's averaging almost 20 points per game. You get him in that range. I think you're very excited about what he has done. You're very excited about what he could do. But he has only one RB1 finish in the last five weeks. It's going to be tough in the context of an offense that, despite Dable's brilliance, it's tough every week when you don't have any more than what they have and when they're actually hemorrhaging some of the talent that they do have on that team there i mean tyree kill is the easy pick for round two the most receiving yards of anybody in our road of screener database that goes back to the beginning of this century the most yardage through week nine over 1100 yards every week he is completely and totally unguardable he's doing it with a teammate also siphoning huge chunks of yardage i don't think it's any spoiler to say his teammate is going to also fit into this category in a couple of rounds yeah he definitely is and you mentioned the stats i believe that maybe sean 
since the Super Bowl era started. So we're pretty much looking at NFL history at that point in terms of those 1,100 yards that he has at this point of the season. This The, the Dolphins are the most fun offense to watch in the entire NFL at this point, based on, on how they're using Hill and Waddle. But yeah, we're going to get to, to Waddle. But for drafters of Jalen Waddle, you got you got an amazing value, but that's a two rounds time from here. So we did talk a little bit about this on the show earlier this week, Sean, but the next wide receiver off the board, wide receiver nine was Michael Pittman at the 301. Then we got Mike Evans, AJ Brown, T Higgins, Nick Chubb, Travis Etienne, Josh Allen, first quarterback off the board, Keenan Allen. Then we get DJ Moore, Cortland Sutton, James Conner, Darren Waller. There has obviously been a lot of talk this season about Kyle Pitts and, and how his season hasn't worked out. Darren Waller has to be a massive, massive disappointment. And uh, we'll be talking about some other tight ends here in the next couple of rounds who have also disappointed so far. So we have an interesting round, Sean, here. ETN is surging at this point. Any team that has him on it has to be just loving loving how their team is set up. But there's a lot of t- players in this range that have, have missed for huge chunks of the season. Some players have hit on certain weeks. You know, we had a DJ Moore big week a couple of weeks ago, but Sutton hasn't been there. James Conner hasn't been there. Keenan Allen's been out injured. Nick Chubb has been an absolute smash. T Higgins, AJ Brown. T Higgins even had his spell where, you know, he was active, wasn't really playing. We've had a couple of games like that where he's gone out with injuries, concussions and so on. So this is quite an intriguing round, but AJ Brown, Nick Chubb, Travis Etienne, and of course, Josh Allen, even though the price that you've paid for him, when we look through this opening eight rounds as a, a pair, really the early quarterbacks are the, the quarterbacks that have performed so far. But Josh Allen uh, is in there as well. But I think more so the, the wide receivers and the running backs to head on here. Josh Allen is tricky and interesting. When we did the underdog resurrection drafts, a couple of those for stealing bananas. I mean, three quarterbacks in the first round. It'll be interesting to see where those guys go next year i think that's still probably going to fall especially if you have allen here struggle going for they're controlled by the jets you have a little bit of an injury concern now they're searching for a wide receiver too to emerge to complement stefan diggs i still really like gabe davis i think you probably need to buy there but if you have him on your dynasty rosters you're concerned about the fact that they have so much interest in Odell Beckham. He's not going to be able to do this the rest of the way in all likelihood. I think that he actually is at more risk than Patrick Mahomes, who is just behind him from a scoring perspective. We've watched as a couple of the other QBs have fallen off a little bit over the last two or three weeks. It's just difficult to sustain at that level. When Ben and I were talking about whether you would draft a QB that high, we talked about the stretches that Kyler Murray has gone through, where he's been up at 30 points per game. The stretches where Lamar Jackson has gone through and been up at 30 points per game. And these are not insignificant stretches. It's not like pulling out you know, two or three games here. So and we don't expect them to be scoring 30 points per game. We don't also don't expect Josh Allen to be scoring 30 points per game going forward. Although we do expect him to be the QB1 or the QB2. That being the case, I think we still have to give it to A.J. Brown, who has been, I wouldn't say a revelation, as we all kind of expected him to be this good. But when you're talking about a player in an offense that has a hybrid QB has a little bit of a run lean, especially when they can for him to come out and to score like he's done to be the overall wide receiver seven, having missed a game already having had his bye, to put up the peripherals that he's got. He's at a 42% air yard share. He's got that 
ADOT settling in at really the perfect depth for fantasy, just about 11, which means you're getting the deep targets, but you're also getting the underneath run after the catch. He's got 273 yards in that category. His racer is at almost one. This guy has been exactly as Ben Gretsch always advertises, and Ben Gretsch advertises him as being a superstar. Yeah, and John, when we look through the the players here that I was most favorable, the joke going in the, the offseason was that I was getting too many early round picks in some of these drafts, but the opportunity to pair AJ Brown and T Higgins and those those teams are looking pretty pretty sharp at this point in time. But yeah, AJ Brown is is the real deal. And he, I think, is is probably the league winner for me in this third round range. But we are going to do the win bet league winner, Sean, and I'm going to let you guess who it is from round four. But you can sign up today for win bet to receive a special sports offer. You can bet one hundred dollars, win one hundred dollars. Download the win bet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning sean that win bet player off the round which i think is going to go on to be the league winning superstar in this particular round let me tell you the round itself and i'm going to let you guess who i think it is so in this round we have mike williams at wide receiver 16 george kettle gabriel davis who you touched on a moment ago we have zeke elliott Spoiler alert, it's not going to be Zeke Elliott, Sean. I'll, I'll let you have that clue. We have Alan Robinson, Jalen Waddle, Justin Herbert, Dalton Schultz, Terry McLaurin, Amon Rush, and Brown, Deontay Johnson, and unfortunately, with his injury, Brees Hall. I think the people listening in know who I'm talking about, Sean. Who am I talking about? Well, I, this is a tough one, kind of depending on how you want to define the question, but if we're talking about league winner for 2022, Jalen Waddle is annihilating this group. That is the correct answer. You have... You have well, I was going to say you've won the prize. There is no prize, but uh, you've won. You've got the answer correct. Well, but the $100 match $100. We can all yeah. win that prize, right? <laughs> Everyone wins that prize. Everyone listening. So, Colin, I, again, this reinforces the issue with injury. Because if you're going to say the best pick, what was the best selection in round four? It was clearly Brees Hall. He was going to have a monster season. He comes off of two 20-plus games going into the unfortunate <laughs> week where he has the injury after he has a 60 plus yard touchdown he's averaging three yards before contact 2.8 after we mentioned him in this very small group of players who are more or less the almost the three by three crowd you think of that historically as being sort of your jamal charles category not surprisingly has an 18 percent evasion rate his ability to break tackles which are 15 percent of that and then to create the long runs Brees Hall is Jonathan Taylor with more comfort and flexibility in the receiving game. I mean, we've said this a number of times. This is becoming sort of our tagline for him. But he's David Johnson or Le'Veon Bell peak with long speed. So he was going to be the league winner. He was going to be the guy who would push for the 101 in 2023 I mean, he's going to be a potential top five pick unless it's obvious that he will not be ready. He could be the 102 if Christian McCaffrey stays healthy, he's probably going to be the 101. Hall could be the 102, even with those receivers, if he's ready to go. We obviously don't know the timeline at this exact juncture. I would guess it's going to be more toward the end of the first round, especially when you consider the situation with J.K. Dobbins and just these guys coming back off of injuries. We do know that some people also beat expectations, but the enthusiasm around someone like a Chris Godwin, very muted now. And a lot of that probably not to do with the injury, but all of those things have that trickle down effect in terms of how people think of them. But Jalen Waddle, huge star, 
the overall wide receiver three for me now in dynasty. And he's right at that edge of pushing into the tier with the star quarterbacks. Brees Hall would have been the other guy. Round four didn't have a lot of hits, but these two options. The only one that we have to mention, Amon Ra, he was going to be a massive star. The tricky part with him now is that you miss some of those games and you're uncertain what he's going to be going forward. The complexion of the Detroit Lions offense has changed. That rapport between Goff and St. Brown that was so obvious during this crazy 8-9 game stretch where he's got a 30% plus target share in all of them. That hasn't been nearly as much in evidence, and the team has has just shifted in that in his absence and now in his comeback. We'll see if they can get that electric connection going again. But anybody you drafted Amon Ra, similar to the situation with Brees Hall, you're just really kicking yourself or wondering what might have been because it looked like it was going to be pretty unreal. Yeah, and with with Amon Ra, it'll be interesting to see. He had kind of similar experience at one point of the season there to T. Higgins, where he I think it was the Cowboys game where he gets the concussion and he misses the rest of that game. And you know, there's a, there's a number of scenarios where it just hasn't really fallen right for him. But I still think there's some possible positive outcomes for him the rest of the way down the stretch. It, his scenario feels like without a major injury has changed the most versus where our expectations were at this point off the draft process so like mike williams has been banged up gabriel davis has just not been consistent enough alan robinson has underperformed there's a lot of areas of this offense that have have missed i think terry mclaurin in this range is probably getting a little bit more positive than when we would have been at the start of the season but Brees hall for me sean is the that is the probably the toughest point of the season so far is his injury um and you were mentioning you know him going in that first round range people might be thinking well he's coming back from that injury that's not going to happen but you know, Saquon Barkley was going in that range this year. And then as we got the reports, he surges up to the, the first pick of the second round. And Brees Hall's injuries happened at a point where there is a possibility that he's ready to go at the start of next season. But we've seen, you, you can't put that toothpaste back in the bottle, Sean. We've seen it he, he, even in the game he gets injured. So uh, Brees Hall, that's very unfortunate. But yeah, Jalen Waddle is the winner there for me. Part of that is obviously that he's available and healthy down the stretch here, hopefully. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. 
You got this. Adidas. Then we move on, Sean, to the fifth round. We have Patrick Mahomes, Marquise Brown, Brandon Cooks, AJ Dillon, Juju Smith-Schuster, Jerry Judy, Lamar Jackson, Chris Godwin, Cam Akers, Damian Pierce, Rashad Bateman, and DK Metcalf. At draft time, my favorite target in this range was DK Metcalf. He's been pretty solid. It's working out probably better than people expected in Seattle, but there's been games where it's, you know, 50 yards and a touchdown, which is good, but it's not that form that's going to, to win you a championship but it is a very valuable part of the roster when you look at this round with Bateman now out for the year with how Chris Godwin's season has gone the Tampa Bay Buccaneers really struggling to be fantasy viable at the moment you could nearly say Jerry Judy has been not spectacular but is <laughs> with what has happened in Denver he's he's still still living there and then we have Juju Smith-Schuster Branton Cooks which I, I don't know Sean what's going to happen with Branton Cooks now with the, the Texans here moving forward Marquise Brown injured as well. So this is another weird round where there's not a huge amount of hits in round five when we look back at it. Not a huge amount, but there has been solid production that maybe people were skeptical we'd even get. You mentioned Metcalf. Godwin has been someone who will score some points for you. Judy looks like a rest of season play that might be fairly exciting. I think it comes down to three players here. Patrick Mahomes, Marquise Brown, and Damian Pierce. Pierce a huge riser down the stretch. And then he has paid that off by taking almost all of the Texans running back work, especially after those first couple of weeks, he's even been involved as a receiver until week nine. And the problem for him there is that despite how good he looks, he's not going to be able to get the high value touches in that offense. They don't deliver him down to the goal line. Very often he scores fewer than 14 points in what was a magnificent game against the Philadelphia Eagles. That part probably keeps his ceiling down, but if you drafted him there, you're excited that you have him. Marquise Brown, an interesting one, because he was the only non-early pick to kind of crash the party at wide receiver scoring. He's averaging over 18 points per game when he goes down. The problem is that was just over the six games. He's now out until the end. And also he wasn't going to be able to maintain that. And so you have to factor that in a little bit during the stretch, obviously where he was healthy there, he has 26% targets per route. That's in the elite range, the 7.6 yards per target. The other part of that that goes into your yards per route that a lot of people like to reference, you know, very mediocre. The offense in Arizona has not been dynamic. Kyler Murray has not looked like himself, I think you would probably say, but has not been an elite passer this season, at least within the context of what he's being asked to do. So that's only 7.6. He's averaging two yards per route, according to our Sports Info Solution numbers and their advanced charting. He wasn't going to be able to keep it up, though. Murray has really latched on to his top target, whoever that has been. Hopkins comes back from suspension and averaging 38 targets per route. And so when you Think about that over his first couple of weeks. Just in insane numbers that let you know this is going to be split. And then you're not going to be able to get that production in all likelihood from Brown. It makes Hopkins now a really interesting choice for this when you think about what he could actually represent going forward, even though you had to miss those first six weeks. But Colm, we said we weren't going to give it to Josh Allen because you still probably need to get exposure to the other elite players where he 
is going a couple rounds later to get one less point at the QB position for Patrick Mahomes to be giving you 29 points per game for their running backs to essentially be completely sidelined and out of it. I think that you can count on the chiefs to be what they've been over the last several years, extremely pass heavy. And even without Tyreek Hill, the crazy thing here is you're looking at this in the off season thinking, okay, Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, who is going to be the winner of this move or will they both be losers? Because now Hill has a lesser QB and Mahomes doesn't have his elite weapon. It turns out they're both winners, which is a really cool testament to who these guys are as NFL football players. Yeah, no, I really agree with that. And then between them, we did skip over Justin Herbert, but has been disappointing for him. But obviously, I talked as well about his wide receiver situation and the injuries. But Sean, I'm going to pair it a little bit together. So we talk about targeting the elite tight ends, but when we look outside of the top two and, and Kelsey and Andrews here, so we have Pitts, Waller, Kittle, Schultz. I'm going to leave these two out because I'm going to ask you in the next round, in round six, the guys that we want to target the rest of the season. Then you have in round seven, Ertz. Then you have Dawson Knox and Cole Komet in round eight. We have seen life from Cole Komet. There is the range here. And then, sorry, I'll pair in. I know we're not doing eight, nine, or we're not doing nine and 10 in this show, but Pat Fairmouth, Erb Smith, and Albert Okuabunam. There wasn't a huge amount outside of round six happening here at tight end. So let's get into those guys. And we have TJ Hawkinson at tight end seven, then David Montgomery, Jalen Hurts, Dallas Goddard, Darnell Mooney, Michael Thomas, Kyler Murray, J.K. Dobbins, Elijah Mitchell, Chase Edmonds, Adam Thielen, and Joe Burrow. So in this range, it feels like tight end quarterback was really the way to, to play that round six. Is there any other players standing out for you that haven't, that I didn't, you know, give a comment on there and then the reason i wanted to pair this to tight ends is outside of the guys i've mentioned these for me are the two ones rest of season outside of the the real top end guys that i, I would like to have would you rather have tj hawkinson or dallas goddard rest of season rest of season i think you have to pick hawkinson but goddard has been fantastic he has pushed Devonte smith toward the periphery they've incorporated him into the passing game with a lot of tight end screens he's got a really low a dot but that still manifests in the ability to have a high catch rate so especially when you're playing tight end premium you like that part of it the fact that there are manufactured touches i mean you could have a much higher a dot but lose all of these free points which obviously you wouldn't want from that perspective he's been exciting for both the team and for fantasy managers i'm going to pick travis kelsey though for my first round guy going back to that because one of the things that you see here is that the tight end position, just like it always ends up being, is just an absolute wasteland. You think about Kyle Pitts, but also Waller, Kittle, Schultz, Hawkinson with the Lions. Those guys all huge busts. And so Kelsey's like having a an extra player. So if you're playing in the league that has, you know, eleven spots, it's like having twelve players playing that week at the moment. Yeah, I mean, you still have to balance out how well the rest of the first round is doing. If the rest of the first round weren't also having such a great year, it would be even more of a no-brainer. If you don't have Kelsey, you're glad that those other guys are doing that. And yet his role, absolutely massive. It's interesting, I think, looking at these last three or four rounds, because one of the things that we do see is that mostly the running backs have been busts. All four running backs in round six are busts. And when we think in terms of, oh, this has been a great season for some of these guys in the kind of the edges of the dead zone and or the early zero RB picks. It's been much better, I think, still for the early zero RB picks. If you want to look at round seven as being where we might transition into that range than it has been for some of the guys who are truly in the dead zone. Mooney, Thomas, Thielen, 
And you look at round seven with Elijah Moore, Lazard, Kirk, Ayuk, Renfro, London. Kirk having a solid season. Ellen Lazard, I think a lot of rest of season potential. Brandon Ayuk, someone who's going to be solid. But you very easily understand why we talk about the importance of getting receiver early. That portion has dried up as a result. And even sort of in a vacuum, Jalen Hurts, the easy winner in round six. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, it's I mentioned earlier the Dolphins being the, the most fun team. They are closely run by by this Philadelphia Eagles team in terms of fun teams to watch. Uh, the the running backs, uh, I talked about the dead zone earlier, but Brees Hall obviously was on a, a tear, but he got injured. So that's round four, but he is out there. But we have Elliott, Cam Akers, Damian Pierce, who you mentioned some very positive notes on, but AJ Dillon, Chase Edmonds, who has now been traded. We have Elijah Mitchell, J.K. Dobbins, who has struggled with his injuries, David Montgomery. But, you know, looking at a draft, and we might even do this before we finish up, Sean, and like do a, our favorite pick from each round to do a, a dream team through these eight rounds. But when you get in then to round seven, it's Elijah Moore, who really has had a, a tough time this season. But you mentioned the other wide receivers. I mentioned the other tight end and Zach Ertz. Russell Wilson is the only quarterback going in round seven. If you are building that zero RB roster and you do peak in, usually we would be looking at kind of round eight, but round seven, Tony Pollard, who has been a zero RB favorite for quite some time, but Ramondre Stevenson has been tearing it up. Josh Jacobs was not a target for me this offseason, but he has absolutely smashed. He was running back 28. Then we have Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who got he got touchdown Sean at the start of the season, I guess we'll say. But running back was the the strength here really if we're not looking at uh drafting christian kirk but i think rest of season brant and Ayuk may still be the the player here that you would want at wide receiver i think the player in this round sean i would want rest of season is ramondre stevenson it is and damian harris probably going to get healthy and steal some more of that work back there are concerns that the patriots offense even though it has created fantasy value for him still a little bit of a mirage or maybe not even a mirage just a bad offense and those bad offenses as you continue to try and find production it's almost a case where you've got to be very thankful for what you've gotten but as you look forward there are concerns but Ramondre stevenson has been as advertised someone who brings this hybrid profile at the extreme size we talked all off season about the advanced stat explorer and where he fit one of the absolute superstars he was the leader in the piece about how you can get Javante Williams production at a fraction of the price to see him go out there and do that. He was the focus of Blair Andrews. One big thing this week talking about what a huge role he's played in the receiving game. Again, when you're thinking about guys who are more or less the next incarnation of David Johnson, he is right there. And so he's going to be the guy, Josh Jacobs, fantastic through the first six or seven weeks excellent peripherals in addition to scoring touchdowns being the driver for the Raiders offense I think the similar question there can you sustain that still Josh Jacobs and unfortunately the Raiders offense an absolute train wreck at this point the last couple of weeks teams have focused on him a little bit more and you can see what the danger is if he is going to be the focal point as opposed to what we've seen with so many teams this year where the defenses are sort of encouraging you to run if they feel like they can hold Derek Carr and Devontae Adams down. I mean, you can see a lot of gimmick defenses against the Raiders because they're so heavy on those two players. They really need Darren Waller to come back and give them a little bit of extra juice. The other dynamic that you're dealing with here, we talked about Patrick Mahomes winning round five, but even with that, and we think about how next year is going to kind of fit together, what will the prices be? But we strongly believe that the way to play this would be to hit the end of that kind of elite tier. And so we have a lot of 
the Jalen Hurts and Joe Burrow. Burrow, even with how frustrating the Bengals has been, is the other guy who's kind of holding up in that scoring range. Jalen Hurts, the QB3. Obviously, he's been a smash. And then play it to the back end of the QB window. One of the things that has been tricky in managed leagues is that Justin Fields was so bad through the first month that you probably didn't keep him on a lot of your leagues. But in best ball, you're now seeing him. And this is one of our other points from Ceiling Bananas last night is that he has moved ahead of Justin Herbert in scoring. And so the QB window closed this season with Fields and Tua, obviously Tua, the other big smash. He doesn't fit into today's conversation. But I think that the overall approach to QB is the one that was successful again this season. And I think it's going to be what you want to do next year. Although, again, we have to see what the prices are actually going to be and react to that situation and the specific trade-offs. Who do you lose at running back? Who do you lose at wide receiver? Where are the flat areas of drafts to really drill down at that point? But I do anticipate this continuing. Yeah, and this round, Sean, might bring us a a little bit of pain. It's round eight. Trey Lance was the QB nine, unfortunately, obviously, lost for the entire season uh Devontae smith and deandre hopkins who if you had rosters where you did go say zero rb and you had him as maybe your your sixth seventh wide receiver you knew you had to sit through those weeks he is a, a an exciting prospect to have on that roster as you head towards you know the final stretch here as a potential tournament winner for you amari cooper who we talked positively about on a show earlier this week dawson knox antonio gibson who i think all things considered, has as I performed our expectations for him this year. Tom Brady, who has struggled, Rashad Penny again, looked great out for the season. Cole Komet, who has come on the last couple of weeks. Kareem Hunt hasn't it just it hasn't really done a huge amount this season with Nick Chubb there in that backfield. Dak Prescott, who was injured at the start of the year, and then Carter L. Patterson, who was injured and is now back. I think he's another player who could be very very interesting like Hopkins down the stretch. But in this round, Sean, it, it has to be DeAndre Hopkins for me. Um, that moving forward here that you want to have in your roster yeah Hopkins moving forward but I do think that we have to give a lot of credit to Amari Cooper for being the guy you would want to this point he probably will still be solid going forward and we touched on it and then kind of got away from it in our previous show talking about the three guys that we thought you should fade and this is a really much more palatable price for Cooper than where I saw him in a lot of it was more in that sort of round six-ish area that I think you really wanted to fade Cooper, although my personal ranking for him was obviously very, very low. The other two guys that we encouraged you to not draft were Pittman and Allen Robinson. Those were excellent recommendations. Cooper, very much not the case. He's been fantastic. A lot of the same concerns that we had with some of those other guys, but he's been a play where if you bet against the consensus or against the most likely outcome Uh, You've come away with just a big weapon for yourself here. Jacoby Brissett has been much better than expected. That has allowed the entire Browns offense to be better. I think Kevin Stefanski has done a fantastic job with what he has been given. And then you combine that performance with Cooper himself looking rejuvenated. This is, to me, very similar to where he went from the Raiders to the Cowboys and got that bump. And then as the time went along with the Cowboys, his peripherals, continue to decline he wasn't showing the ability to generate the big plays to do the run after the catch 
he didn't have the gaudy fantasy points over expectation that you would expect from someone in an offense where you're playing off of guys like CD Lamb and Dalton Schultz. He was really dragging the offense down to have him go to the Browns and be a wide receiver one seemed like a big ask, but he's done it with flying colors. He's been absolutely fantastic. And then the final piece of the puzzle there is that David Bell has not been what we hoped. And perhaps what we hoped was, you know, too aggressive with him being picked around 100. If you're the 99th pick in the draft, that's telling you what most of the teams think the concerns with him obviously the lack of speed and the ability to separate that has played out on an nfl field he's not someone who's getting open and taking a lot of targets away from cooper And without those targets taken away and now especially with njoku out he's got the target volume he's got a quarterback who is impressive i mean Brissett has really been the other guy along with geno smith who has blown away everyone's expectations amari cooper having a fantastic year he really is and you mentioned there the adp that you may have seen i i would guess that i mentioned this is the last week before the season i think that drop in adp is probably tied to the news obviously that came out around the time that it would be reset starting because we were going to have sean watson suspended for the opening part of the season but yeah this this was a very palatable price of available at that point but i think uh, i teased it that we might do the kind of best team but maybe what we'll do sean is we'll do a the 18 team juggernaut in the second episode which is of this is which is going to come out next week as we we run through that so that is going to do it for today's episode of the show again the today's show brought to you by blue wire and WinBet. my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at over to marlin my co-host as always is sean siegel you can check out all of his work up at rotoviz.com sean did mention also stealing bananas a couple of great shows this week as always with ben gretz do check those out really enjoyed the the hilarious stats article or the starts podcast based on one of sean's pieces that came out earlier this week so check that out so until we are back with the sunday night recap show to give you all our takes for nfl week 10 as soon as the games are over have a good one Thank you for listening to Overtime and Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.